Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now is we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and hook up with our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. I know that uh, Trent Wilhock from Wilhock got in a bidding war with the guys from Legacy uh, at our golf tournament on Friday for a dinner with uh, Ken Holland, the, uh, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. Brad Holland, will there be bidding wars for him? Well, there was this summer, maybe. I'm not sure if he's going to fully open up uh, the full disclosure on it, but we welcome back to the show Oilers Assistant General Manager, Professional Scouting, Brad Holland. Hello, Brad. It's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? Not too bad, Bob. How about yourself? Good. Has there ever been a bidding war for you for dinner? <laughs> not, not ever for dinner, for sure. I can tell you that unequivocally. Unequivocally. Uh, you're in town at the World Junior Championship. You, you're taking it in four games today. I'm going to make it down for the Canada game after the show today. Um, what's And I realize you know, you're heading up the pro scouting. You're involved in a couple other initiatives as well that maybe we can sort of dabble into a little. But what's your overall take on, on rolling into town and, uh, and checking out the World Junior Championship? Well, first of all, Bob, I think you might be the hardest working man in hockey. I think you spent the whole summer in a rink. I hope you're spending time with your family, too. They don't want to see me, Brad. <laughs> no, it's been great. You know, it's, it's, it's a great tournament to come to. I, I don't get as much exposure to these players as our amateur guys do. So it's just good for me to spend time with the guys that draft them, with the guys that watch them, with the track them, to be able to ask them questions, to see them up close. I'm sitting here, I'm actually at our practice facility right now watching a couple of the Team USA players just you know, take shots and, and, and skate around. It's remarkable the skill level these players have. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Now, now you're, you're going to be heading up the pro scouting, um, and we're back to doing, uh, you know, tournaments, preseason, uh, I guess, rookie tournaments. And, you know, you grew, grew up, obviously, uh, spent a lot of time in Detroit, and they had a big tournament out of Traverse City, which ultimately was sort of the template for how the uh, Young Stars tournament in uh, the genesis of the Young Stars tournament in Penticton. So i got to ask you, in your role as a pro scout, are you – are you better off, better served for the Oilers potentially to be in Penticton when Edmonton might have as many as I think they're going to have four first-round picks there? Or do you end up going at, at different rookie tournaments to check out players in those organizations? That's exactly right. We're, we, Our pro scouting department will staff each of the big tournaments. I will probably be in Buffalo. Uh, there's a good tournament there. I love the Traverse City tournament. It's one of my favorite times of the year. If I do miss it, I'll be sorry to miss it. Um, but we have enough people in Penticton. We've got a lot of eyes on those games. This just allows us to get a look at, you know, uh, professional guys that have been added to rosters, amateur guys, um, players that we're getting a look at that may be available on the waiver wire or maybe released from, you know, PTOs down the line. This gives us a, a head start on that that first, you know, waiver wire bonanza that um, that is actually it's yielded some good players in, in years past. I think I, I looked at the numbers once. There's as many as, you know, 100, 200 players that get waived. Seven to ten might get claimed, but uh, there's, there's good players that do, that do end up making an impact for their team. So you really have to know them before that day, and that's, that's the best way that we have to do it. Uh, Martin St. Louis. 
There you go. He turned out. He, he turned out to <laughs> turned be a out okay. He turned out okay. Brad Holland, assistant GM of the Edmonton Oilers. Brad, you had an interesting career trajectory, and I just like to tell. You, I know we had you on initially when you were announced, but uh, you didn't take the most direct route uh, to uh, you know becoming an, an NHL executive. So so maybe take us. You, you, you played hockey where? Collegiate hockey at Sacred Heart University. It was a Division One school in the MAC conference. Um, I wasn't a very good player, but I, I knew I wanted to get my degree. I got a great offer from Sacred Heart, had a, a, a great career there. We, I think, were the first MAC conference team to beat a team. It's, it's now the Big Ten. I, don't, I can't remember what it was then, but we beat Miami, Ohio in their building. Our goaltender had about 52 saves. It was a great, great experience for me. Um, and then I was lucky enough that in Sacred, when, you know, playing for Sacred Heart, you know, Fairfield, Connecticut, the, I graduated in 2006, and the NHL came out of lockout at the same time I graduated. And there were 10 to 15 job opportunities at the Manhattan NHL office. And I just happened to find one that, that really worked well for me. I was an English major. I fell down with NHL.com. Um, great, great experience with NHL.com. Learned a ton. And it, 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 it allowed me to be exposed to our NHL hockey operations group. You know, when they say they're, they're going to Toronto to check out a goal review, yep. that, that, that was the, the group that I worked for. So uh, hockey operations, hops, as we called it, in Toronto. We watched, how, long were, how long were you there for, Brett? Hops, we were there. I was there for three years. Okay. And we would watch any one of us. I was a, a, a video manager, I think they called me, but really my job was to keep the room running, um, set up, you know, we we talked to the goal judges from every game, made sure the communication system was working, put all the, 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 the screens on the feed so that Colin Campbell, Mike Murphy, Chris King, Kay Whitmore, um, our leadership group could make the determinations. Um, and it was really interesting to see as it evolved. Uh, when I got there, we were using standard definition compact discs. And I, I don't know if you remember printing CDs back then. You had to yeah. finalize yeah. them. And yeah. Oh, it was brutal. And, and we and, I, and the evolution of the room, I got to, to be a part of, you know, electronic clipping tools and the Hawkeye system. And, and as a matter of fact, I just met with a company, or we met with a company here with the Oilers um, just recently. They are now doing player tracking data and puck tracking data. And it's, it's amazing in such a short time how much more information is at our fingertips. So from there... Um, I had a brief sojourn as a lawyer, a uh, litigator here in, uh, in Toronto at home. Wait, wait a second. Um, did you did you go to law school at at how did you how did you end up going to law school? Like, did you take some time off to go to law school? What'd you do? No, no, no. I, I was I was I was enjoying myself. I was working for the NHL. I couldn't let that go. So I went at night, and then uh, that was at Fordham in, in Manhattan. And when I went to Toronto, I actually had to take a leave of absence, reapply, and then I was a day student working at night with hockey operations. So I flipped it. So it took me about, I think, five and a half years to get the degree. Um, I had to do some summer stuff, which my girlfriend, now my wife, Stephanie, at the time, she was probably she was very happy about. Um, but I eventually got it done. I'm now I'm licensed in both Ontario and New York. Um, and it's really opened a lot of doors for me. It's, it's a great degree. My brother's also a lawyer. Um, wife's a lawyer. It's, it's, it's one of those degrees that really teaches you a, a great way to think and a way to process a lot of information and how to solve problems. And I, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that degree. All right. So you, so you, you have the video background. Uh, you, you come from a, a legal background, which you did while you were still working full time. 
I know there's been a, a lot of thought uh, out there in analytics, and, and as you know, the Oilers, and the analytics community out there involving the Edmonton Oilers, I would say at one time was cutting edge. Like we had a lot of some some of the hardcore fan base. Uh, that is incredibly passionate about this team have been some of the drivers in the analytics hockey community out there. Obviously, it's a tool that needs to be deployed. Is that a fair assessment? Obviously, yes. I'm a big believer in it. I think uh, I've, I've stopped using the word analytics. I, I think that it's it's it's, it's sometimes um, something that has a negative connotation. I, I think it's all data. It's just another tool in our in our toolbox to evaluate players. And you know. I'm a lawyer. Hearsay can, can be a data point. Um, anecdotes can be a data point. Any of these things that help you make a determination about a player, about a team, um, about anything. It's data-driven decision-making. That's what we're trying to build here, to, to, to get our arms around everything that we have available to us to make the, to eliminate the most amount of risk from the decision. And I think that's what it is. This is a very difficult game um, to predict. Um, so you really have to Kick tires on everything, take advantage of everything, avail yourself of all the information available um, in order to make the most informed decision. We're joined right now by Oilers assistant GM Brad Holland. Brad, after you worked in the league office for video, you ended up with the Toronto Maple Leafs and you worked with Lou Lamarillo. It is, albeit in a support role, what was that like? Well, it was, I mean, I, I've had a lot of, of great, great mentors, great supervisors. Lou Lamorello made more of an impact on me, I think, than any of them. And I don't say that lightly. Mike, Mike Murphy, Colin Campbell, Bob Condor with NHL.com, um, Archie Henderson here with the Edmonton Oilers, all have, have contributed to my career. Ken Holland, obviously. Yes. Um, but Lou, Lou took a real interest in me, and my role there was, was team services. And it, 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 at, at the time, I didn't realize how important that role is. Kate Doyle does that for us. Does an amazing job. It's a hard job. It's a it's a job that's not intuitive. It's something that you have to be constantly available for. And Lou was a, a big support system, and he took an interest and he allowed me, I think, access in areas that normally a team services director would not be granted access to. Right. And he taught me so much about. He always says, you know, chemistry is important. Um, and I never really understood what that meant until I was in an NHL locker room. Chemistry does matter. The players interacting with each other every day, the coaching staff, how people are treated, um, every part of that goes, pours into what happens on the ice. And when people say chemistry now, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a believer in the Lou Lamorello and now the Ken Holland system. Ken Holland is also of that vintage they know how important it is and i think that has helped me to balance you know the, the new school the, the the more information available the data points available with this idea that look this is still a person business this is still a relationship business and you have to know people and understand where they're coming from and support them and give them the tools they need to be really good at their job and it's not just players Lou Lamorello, Ken Holland, they helped me do my job. They helped the coaching staff do their job. They helped the training staff, the equipment managers. And all of that then translates to what happens on the ice. Because if you have unhappy trainers, unhappy equipment managers, you might have unhappy players, which then will translate to the ice. So I think Lou was, was the first part of that. Um, I was lucky enough. I got to walk back in the Prudential Center with Lou Lamorello for the first time after he left New Jersey. 
And I got to walk into Little Caesars Arena with Ken Holland for the first time after he left uh, Detroit. I've been very lucky to have those two mentors, and they've been a huge part of my career development. We're joined right now by Brad Holland, Oilers Assistant General Manager. Yeah, it's it's interesting with, and I always, uh, you know, it's funny, Brad, as you know, you know, Jack and me have done, I, and now we've got Cam in the mix the last couple of years, but this, I'm going to year 15 doing color, and 14 of those 15 years we've traveled with the team. And, You're dating yourself. Yeah, I know, and, and but but I, I cringe <laughs> a little when people say, well, like sometimes they'll have media guys say to me, well, I know what's going on in the room. Like they, they're saying they know what's going on in the room, and I'm like, I got to tell you something, guys, I'm on that plane. And it's not that I'm not observant, but I would never – sort of imply that I 100% know everything that's going on in every situation because, frankly, some of it and a lot of it is none of my business. You, you get a sense on, on a bit of a guttural feel when you're in one of those support roles as a broadcaster, but when you're the team services person, and we had Patrick Garland, who did a great job for a number of years for the Oilers, and now Kate uh, Doyle, like they're in the guts of it every day, yeah. and they're often, uh, I mean, you end up you end up spending time and talking to to play you know and this is and maybe you can explain to the listeners like you're dealing with players' families and coordinating tickets and people coming in and out on on father's trips and those sort of things and there's lots of different dynamics there aren't there? Absolutely. In fact, I can remember one time when it really hit home for me. It was year one. Um, there was a player we had that got into a fight and he he hit his head on the ice. And he was unresponsive for a little bit and then looked like maybe he was in a bit of a daze as he went off the ice. And I thought, oh, you know, I hope, I hope he's okay. And I got, I got a call from, from his fiance, and she was so upset and had no idea what was happening and didn't know who to call. And I said, look, let me run down. Let me find out what's going on. And I called her back, and she was so relieved to hear from me. And I thought, like, wow, like, this, this is important to to, to the families to be able to have a point of contact yeah. to understand what, what's happening to their loved ones. And that's, when I realized that, I thought, you know what, this is a very important thing. And I it's, it's, it's a good thing, too. I spent time with um, some players' fathers, and I still talk to them to this day. And, 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 and there's mother's trips and father's trips, and you see the families. I had a, I had a player, he was a rookie. Uh, we showed up, it was his first preseason game, and I got a call from the box office. And they said, Brad, there are about 12 people here looking for tickets that we don't have. And I said, okay, uh, do you have 12 available? I said, I said yeah. He said, okay. I said, okay, let them in. Like, they're, they're from far away. They're going to they're gonna go to the game. And after the game, I went down to the player. And I said, you know, you got to tell me when you have family in. He goes, oh, well, well can I tell you now? I said, sure, but you got to give me a credit card. And, and, and like, that's the stuff. It was nonstop yeah. trying to be, you know, to be able to to deal with whatever came up at any given time, and that's a, going back to your, your past question. That's where Lou was so good, where Ken is so good. They give you the support to do what you need to do, and then when when you have to make difficult decisions too, they back you up, which is which is so valuable when you're when you're dealing on a day to day basis with people. All right, a bit of a quiet period right now. Uh, your father, Ken Holland, Brad is the general manager of the team. He's made his reputation on drafting and developing and being patient. And the Oilers do have, it should be noted, about six weeks between now and when they have to be roster, or maybe seven weeks, roster compliant. Um, you know, you've taken, you've, you've sort of, you're heading up the pro side here. 
there's still, are you surprised at the amount of quality players that are out? This will be the final question for you. The amount of quality players that are still, there's still some pretty good guys out there in free agency, including some guys that are likely going to end up getting league minimum contracts or potentially PTOs. (laughs) How much time do we have? You got two minutes. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Well, you know what? I, I am surprised. But when we when you look at what has happened, the the, the the salaries for players and the upper limit of the salary cap have kind of marched in lockstep for a while, and then all of a sudden you have a pandemic and and league wide revenues grind to a halt. But the new crop of players, the, the ones that have been in free, that have not hit free agency, don't don't expect to take a pay cut. This is now their chance to cash in on the career that they've had, the work they put into it. So that the AAV, that the upper limit has now halted or is crawling, and players' salaries are trying now to butt up against that ceiling. So it's kind of created this this ripple effect where the best players in the class they got their money um, when you look around the, the Johnny Gaudreau contract, and then the other guys had to sit and wait, and they had to wait for people to to, to figure out where their their cap it was going to be, where their their dollars out, their budget was going to be, and then there was also a contributing factor. The teams that aren't interested in racing to the top, that are in a developmental arc that's not about spending money, um, you know, teams that are looking to build to the draft, like Ken did, like Lou did, um, they now they're not, they're sitting a little bit on cap money that could be allocated that is not. So the money that could be going to players has, has halted, and the top teams have already spent their dollars. So it's this weird crunch now that will take some time as hockey-related revenues begin to catch up and the salary cap begins to move. I mean, Gary Bettman said in his, in his league-wide address before the final that um, hockey-related revenue was, I think, an all-time high. So we're coming back. It's just that in the next year, and then the salary cap's going to go up by $1 million next year, too. So we might have this issue again. And I, I think you saw with a lot of these, these um, teams in a, in a different developmental part, they weaponize their salary cap space. Salary cap space is now a weapon, so or an asset, I should say. You can use it to alleviate other teams' problems, and you can you can gra- get draft capital from that. So I'm not surprised. Um, at the same time, I am because there are a lot of good quality veterans still sitting there looking for contracts that may end up coming in on, on cheap deals, and, and we'll, we will be looking at all of them. Brad, we'll let you get back to the World Juniors. Sweden and Latvia have started in the first period. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Thank you, as always. Happy to be here. There you go. That's Brad Holland, assistant GM of the Edmonton Oilers. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for the last 50-plus years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area, four in Calgary locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. When we come back this day in Oilers history, and Brendan Escott sets up Inside Sports. Paul has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Wow, that was a pretty impressive interview. Uh, Cactus Jack, Holland is very good radio. Mitch, Brad Holland will be the Oilers' next GM. This guy 100% gets it. He understands how to manage people. Well, I guess time will tell in that regard. I will tell you, 153 in Edmonton. 
You've heard about the great variety of used vehicles that our friends at Brent Ridge Ford are proud to offer. They want you to know that the order bank for 2023 SUVs and F-150s are now open. If you want to be treated fairly at the same time and purchase and enjoy quality service after the sale, order your new vehicle from Uncle Milt, Johnny Rich, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 11-time winners of the President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. Call 1-877-477-3673-3673. Uh, 73 is also 36. Well, that's Ford. There you go. There you have it. We bring aboard Brendan Escott. He is back from Elks practice. He has Inside Sports tonight. Hello, Brendan. How you doing? I'm doing well. Busy day over here on my end of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you, uh, by the way, we're gonna get that last clip where we talked about uh, what was Brad surprised at the caliber of free agents that are still out there. We're using that tomorrow. The way he explained that and the detail that he went into, uh, that was pretty darn impressive done deal yeah it uh, seems like uh, a welcomed addition to the Oilers franchise certainly on well, that end they were going to lose him he was going to get uh, he was going to get scooped all right what do you got tonight on inside sports uh, we're going to delve I guess into uh, what I learned at Elks practice today they're heading out to Ottawa tomorrow uh, taking on the other two and seven team in the league right now so it's it's a bit of a basement bowl in that sense Ooh. Bob but uh, injuries uh, nothing really pressing it's going to be Taylor Cornelius at uh, at quarterback again. The big thing for this team is is again not going week to week to week with all these giant roster swings and changes. So only two changes last week. Doesn't seem like we're headed toward a big week of change. Um, trying to line up Scott Hutter safety for the team, but you will definitely hear from receiver Chris Osikusi. He's a Canadian. He's from Ontario and he got his law degree uh, over the COVID season. So I talked a little bit with him at the field about that and. Uh, uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League Commissioner Mike Morreale, they had a team move today. We just found out a team's going from Guelph to Calgary, so we'll explore that. And the Edmonton, what's the name of the, the Extreme? The, the Stingers. The Stingers. Was there an Edmonton Extreme basketball team at one time? Before my time in town, yeah, I believe yeah. it was the yeah. Extreme. Edmonton right. Energy. There we go. Yeah. All right, uh, Brendan, this, uh, this day in order's history. Do you, do you have a script there? Do you want to just grab it? or uh? Uh, What do we got here? I mean, well, you did it. You dug it. So <laughs> yeah, back this in 1998. Day. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it was uh, former Oilers defenseman Steve Smith announcing that he was coming out of retirement to join the Calgary Flames as a player. He was an assistant coach the previous season after retiring a member of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks in 1997. This day in order's history is presented daily by New West Travel. Tomorrow's show... Uh, uh, Hockey Hall of Famer Kevin Lowe, who stepped down full-time duties uh, with the Edmonton Oilers a couple of weeks ago. He will join us. Gene Principe from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. We'll talk a little soccer as well. Uh, still a little bit of fluidity into tomorrow's show as well. Coming up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Rhea LaHue, followed by Angela Coquat from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye. Special thanks to Derek Scott and Brendan Escott. So long, everybody. Have a wonderful Wednesday from Oilers Now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.